Let, let me get into this word real quick because um, I, I need to warn you and I had to wait to get into this because it's going to be a prophetic word and in just a moment I need to warn you because for some reason when we go to places and, and I'll just say it what I always say the altar's already open and for some reason we've been seeing crazy miracles lately we've been seeing uh, for the last two years places we go we see scars healed on cutters in the middle of services and uh, I'm reminded I just got off stage speaking to thousands at a thing called Spirit West Coast and Nate was with me and he said, Dad, you've got to look, you've got to come out of here. And I walked out of the, the speaker's little green room thing and, and kids were lined up to show me their clean arms. Youth pastors wailing. I, I asked the Lord because it just happened in Orlando. We were there with about 5,000 students and we started getting tweets. My scars are gone, my scars are gone. And and, and I'll tell more about that in a moment, but... But I asked the Lord, I was driving to Tampa because I had to speak, this was two weeks ago, that Sunday morning I had to speak in Tampa. So I was driving on over to Tampa and I dropped Karen and Abby off at the airport and, and, and I said, Lord, why, why are you doing this? Why are these scars disappearing in services? Because I don't understand it. And, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, he said, son, when a father heals the inside, it must manifest on the out. And crazy things have been happening. Cindy Jacobs told Karen and I that we're having visitations at our home, and we are. When the tornado came through and then came up this direction, when it came towards Trustful, I told him on Tuesday about the letter I found in my front yard the next day that had come out of a book written in 1974 called Armageddon, the Middle East, and the Oil Crisis. I only know that because a friend found out what book it came out of, but this is laying where I park at in my driveway. And, and it just said, topping even these disasters will come a worldwide war and all these. I stood there weeping for hours and went into my prayer room weeping. And there's a reason why I'm sharing that with you. That on that day, God shifted my message from just being the youth guy that speaks all over the world to stepping into a prophetic mantle. Is that all right if I say that? And I need to warn you because I have a sleep disorder called Revelation. And when I go to bed at night, He speaks to me. He told me a few weeks ago, I'm taking you back to the ramp. And the message I'm about to share is not an easy one because I just wrote it three days ago. But let me tell you how it was birthed. And you get ready because the Spirit of God is going to hit the room in just a moment. There's going to be a stirring and there's going to be a hunger in the atmosphere. And, and if you need to wail, you're, you're, you're okay to do that here. Because suddenly are always preceded by obedience. So I'm learning that if I'll just do what he tells me to do. And I was driving here and we had all these big illustrated messages set up. And I was going to preach my book that I'm writing right now for Charisma called Why Has God Mad at Us? And uh, then, I, then I called my team on the way here and I said, nope, I can't. I can't do it. I've got to trust the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to preach what you wrote three days ago. And at the moment I finished this message, um, the ramp called and said, we need you Sunday night. But let me tell you how this was birthed because I was laying on my face a couple of weeks ago in Phoenix. I just spoke at a men's conference and, and, and I don't know if you're like this, all the preachers in the room, but when, when I gotta preach, I don't worship very well. I, I really don't. I just kinda fake it. And, uh, <laughs> just kinda fake it out. And I was like, huh. Oh. And I'm thinking about PowerPoint and I'm thinking about all this stuff. And, but this particular morning I actually worshiped and, 
silly rabbits. And uh, I'm laying there on the floor and it's in Phoenix and there's, there's pro basketball players there and there's all this stuff going on. It's a men's conference and I've got to get up and preach and these men were just roaring with their worship. I love it when men worship and, and uh, it takes a man to praise him. It takes a man to say, I don't care who sees me. It takes a man to dance. It takes a man to cry out. It takes a man to weep in front of his children. It takes a man to anoint his family. I'm laying there and I'm getting ready to go speak. And all of a sudden I, I saw in this massive sanctuary, I saw God stick his face through. But it was the face of a lion roaring. The pastor walked up on stage, a very dear friend. And he said, I hear God roaring over this house. And when I'm laying there, the Lord said, Pat, I am looking for weeping lions and roaring lambs. And I said, What? I went on to Atlanta, then Ohio, then Houston, Ohio, and then Singapore. And then I was out jogging. And I told them on Tuesday, when I jog, I love to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I scare people because I sound very Islamic. <laughs> people are like, expect me to have a suicide bomb on or something. Or I'm just like, it's very weird. And went to the Y the other night and had some of our students do it with me. We scared some of those trustful people. And, and uh, it was crazy. We're just jogging. I love to jog and pray in tongues. And I see old people go, baby, I think he's got a bomb. That boy, boy's going to blow up. And, uh, but I, I got to Singapore and the Lord began to speak to me some more. And he kept saying, weeping lions and roaring lambs, weeping lions. Open your Bibles quickly to Proverbs chapter 28. I must share the word he just gave me. And I'm going to hurry and so that we can get to the altar. But it's critical that you listen to this because it's not an easy message. It's not a fluffy message. It is a prophetic word to this nation. I honestly think God is tired of sharing the limelight. So he said to me, son, I'm looking for lions that weep and lambs that roar. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, the wicked are edgy with guilt. Ready to run off even when no one's after them. I always say that secret sin is always the loudest voice in the room. People have secret sin, they're just awkward. But honest people are relaxed and confident. Bold as lions. I love that. I love that picture. I love the, I love the, I love lions. I think the lions are the coolest because we go to the zoo a lot. We take our little girl to the zoo. She loves the zoo and, and we, we go to the zoo. I love watching lions and, and, and I love them because all the other animals are skittish and weird and they're always moving. It's like our Yorkie, very demon possessed and, and <laughs> our Yorkie guards the gates of hell and, uh, <laughs> Legion. It's <laughs> her nickname. <laughs> Legion, go outside. And, but I love lions because lions, they, I mean, you'd be like banging on the glass. Hey, lion! And they're just like, what's up? Every now and then they give you a tail wave. <laughs> love lions because I love the picture. It says we're bold as lions. I love the picture of a lion standing up there. Oh, I mean, I, I love Lion King. Uma Fasa. Say it again. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love, I love, I, I love lions. And I always thought of myself as a lion as a kid. I pounced on my brother and sister. I love a lion standing on the pride, standing on the rock, overlooking it. It's king of the jungle. That's just it. 
we're, we're, we're lions guarding our pride. And God began to speak to me. I love the piercing eyes of a lion, the stone jaw. I love, I love. They're ready to pounce. They're ready to defend or, or offend. And I even love the song when I was a kid that used to come on the radio. What's the, what's the song? It, it goes like this. Would you... Come on, you can't do that right now on the road without me. All right, stop. Y'all didn't get that excited during worship. You're like, Beach Boys. Yet God was beginning to speak to me about some things when I began to write this word on Thursday. Maybe it was Wednesday. God began to tell me some things. He said, son, I'm looking for lions that weep and lambs that roar. And I said, Jesus, you've got that backwards. You got to be able to talk to him like that. It doesn't work that way, Lord. What you got to understand is if we've been protectors of the pride for too long. And he says, I'm looking for the ones that have been running their mouths, the ones that have been shouting victory to learn how to weep again. I'm looking for brokenness. I'm looking for lambs, the ones that have been hiding in the corners. I'm going to go deep into this, so you better listen closely because I've got to use notes because it's a brand new word that he began to speak to me. I'm reminded of 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober and diligent for the devil. Your adversary used to pounce on you like a roaring lion. So in other words, be sober because your pride is about to pounce on you. It's why David, when he went out to do battle, he looked at Saul and he said, sir, uh, I've already killed a lion and I've already killed a bear. In other words, I've already killed my pride and I've already killed my secret sin because the bear is the thing that hibernates in your life and only comes out when it's hungry and the only way to defeat it is play dead. And, and, he, and he said, and so now I'm ready to go kill Goliath. That's why I picked up five stones. And I looked this up recently and the five stones that he, he picked up, what they meant, would, would you bring that up? Do you have that? It literally, each name, bring me the names. Do you have the five names? Of the, they represent the five stones were Goliath and his brothers. You know, Goliath means captivated by splendor, destroyer, ravaging spirit, soft, Killer on the doorstep, Madon, Strife, Ishbibanab, one who inhabits and destroys, and Lami, these are the five brothers of, of Goliath, or Goliath and his four brothers. That's why David picked up five stones, because you don't just kill off one, you gotta kill off the whole family, and Lami means to devour and make war. So put together, when David been down in that brook with his staff in his hand, getting ready to kill, cause he's already killed the lion, he's already killed his pride, he's already killed his, his secret sin, that's the bear that hibernates and comes out when it's hungry and the only way to defeat it is to play dead. You can't wrestle with it, it'll win. And then the five stones put together equal what? Put that up for me. Bring that definition back up for me if you've got it. Ravaging spirits that are on your doorstep full of strife that inhabit, devour, and make war. So God began to speak to me about this word. And he said, son, I'm looking for people in this room that will get this thing. That will begin to understand because there's a clarion call going from heaven. Listen to me because I'm going to get very intense with you. There's a call from heaven for the strong to be broken and weak to lift their voice in triumph. It's the church in America. The church, I'm going to say some things that may not fit well with some of you. But but you you got to understand. It's like when I was out jogging in Singapore around the shoreline. And we had just seen thousands touched by God. And, and 
I'm out there early one morning on the shore and I'm just jogging and I said, Lord, I want to be the one that finishes the race first. I want to be, I want to be, I want you to be proud of me, God. And he said, son, I'm not looking for the one that can finish the race first. I'm looking for the one that can cross the finish line with a limp called brokenness. In Psalms 51, verse 17, it's the, he says, I want you to share this message tonight, Pat. And please don't think it's an indictment against you, but it's a word to the nation that, 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 that for some reason, I honestly think that we worship a God we don't pray to. And for some reason, we honestly think that God can't do ministry without us. And God doesn't care about your ministry. He cares about his name. I think I'll move to Hamilton. They Surely the ramp can't make it without me. I love Psalm 51, 17 in the Message Bible. Going to the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. I love that. Heart shattered lives. In the church in America, and I'm just going to be prophetic for the house, but it's for the nation. That's what he told me on Thursday. And then as soon as I got done, I found out I was speaking here. And the church in America has operated as a place where the strong at heart blurt their opinions and run their committees. And voice their desires while so long those tender of heart have sat on the sidelines. Waiting their turn, weeping in their pillow at night when they go to bed. I'm talking to the ones in this room that have been waiting for God to use them. Who's he using right now? He's using the nobodies, the oops and the accidents, not the ones that everybody else. There's a supernatural shift taking place. We're living in the land of opposites. What do you mean? The land is crying out for the wanders of holy ground to arise with a holy passion. And for the prowlers of the spirit to weep and to wail again. I'll never forget. God began to speak this to me. I was on stage. I guess it's been about three weeks ago. Karen and I were in Orlando with our team. And, and the night before, Jesus culture was leading worship, and, and there's five or six thousand people. There was a great move of God, and it, it, at least it, it looked like it. And I'm standing off to the side because I didn't have to speak till the next morning. And my friend uh, Banning was speaking that night, and I'm watching these students worship. But then when the word started, it's like everybody was fidgety, and people are walking around and. I said, I went to bed. Karen asked me, we got to the room that night, and she said, what are you so mad about? I was just grieved in my heart, and God said to me, the next morning I got up to speak, and that's when the glory began to fall, and kids started, students started running to the altars. I had to bring the lights up because I couldn't really see, and, and I was preaching on Goliath and the, the voices, and, and all of a sudden I look around, and there's thousands on their faces wailing because when I got up that morning, the Lord said, Pat, the problem with this generation is they love worship more than me. He said, we're raising up a Saul generation. They love worship because it soothes their demons. They just won't, don't want to get free. And I said that morning, I said, I need to warn you that what God's telling me to tell you, you've turned these, this band up here into your own personal Jesus rock stars. And every time they hit a chord on a guitar, they, the students went crazy because they knew the songs. And, and I got up and I said, I just need to warn you, it's grieving God because you would rather appease your demons then get free of them. Is it okay if I preach this? 
Thus I must share weeping lions and roaring lambs when he began to speak to me. I love what Augustine said. He said, he said, do you wish to rise? Begin by descending. You plan a tower that will pierce the clouds. Lay first the very foundation of humility. God says, I'm looking for the nobodies. What do you mean, Pat? Mass confusion has infiltrated the body of Christ. We no longer fight for the unborn. We vote with our greed on our sleeves. We're careful not to say right from wrong so that the wind doesn't shift in our directions and expose our, our motives. And, and so today I'm preaching to enough is enough. He just gave me this message this week and I must share it because we're in a day when the kings of the jungles stand and they roar, but they preach heresy and greasy grace and nobody wants to talk about sin. Nobody wants to talk about hell anymore. Nobody wants to talk about deliverance and freedom. So we just keep appeasing the demons, but don't make me mad because I'll pick up a spear and throw it at you. That's what Saul did over a period of time when the worship didn't work any longer. Then you start trying to kill the Davids in your life. And, and so what you got to understand, it's first Timothy chapter four, uh, verse one through two, the spirit clearly says that in latter times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And this comes from hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared with a with a hot iron. It reminds me of standing in Singapore a few weeks ago and I'm in the little preaching and it's a room about this size and there's hundreds of students and I just said, just I don't know where I go there a lot. And, and I said, how many of you are first generation Christians? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 90% of the hands went up and my team that was with me there in Singapore, I just began to weep. Because 90% are first generation. That means they're the only saved person in their family. And that means that they trip over Buddha when they go into their house with tea and cookies by it or some Hindu god with, you know, ten arms on it. And, and I begin to think about, my goodness, we have no concept. We have no concept of what it's like just to have to live it every day. I'm preaching weeping lions and roaring lambs. And there's a stirring in the atmosphere as Israel's winter is being surrounded by the Arab Spring. That's what God spoke to me. He said, son, what they call Arab Spring, I now call Israel's winter. While Occupy Wall Streeters defecating the streets with a Starbucks in one hand and an iPhone in the other. While our nation ponders whether we vote back in a secularist or let's just go after a Mormon who believes that God had sex with Mary to produce Jesus and Jesus is the brother of the devil. Well, the stock market is rising and it falls on corporate whims. Well, the homosexual agenda is invading our children's TV shows. While the church has no trouble with winning the world as long as they continue to act, look, and smell like the world, preaching shallow holiness and weak grace. What are you talking about? I know this is intense. And Pat, why are you preaching this tonight? Why aren't you preaching one of your fun messages where we can all dance? Because the Lord told me I couldn't. He told me to come and tell you what is separating the ramp from the rest of the nation. What is raising up in this house is a house is a spirit of fear for the holiness of God. He is raising up a holy hunger. When you walk in that door, you got to leave your garbage outside. Because when you walk into this place, there comes conviction and power and authority. Is anybody aware? Awake. It's Amos. I love the scripture in Amos as I began to study this. I was so hoping that when God said to me, son, I'm looking for weeping lions and roaring lambs. I was hoping I could find that in the Bible. I'm like, where is it? And for some reason, Paul forgot. He was a little busy. But Amos 3, 4, does a lion roar in the forest if there's no carcass to devour? Does a, long, does a young lion growl with pleasure if he hasn't caught his supper? In other words, we're shouting when we ain't done anything. We're roaring. 
Where's the call of holiness? Where's the roar for defining salvation on every level? Most don't even know when they got saved. Or what they gained through salvation. Oh, that God would remove our roar till we hear the bleeding of the lambs again. What do you mean? Here we go. We're going to go deep. You ready? So as I was writing this message, I'm like, Lord, I, I can't find a scripture that where it says this thing. He said, tell him part one. Weeping lions. Let me talk to the lions in the rooms. The one, the ones that have stood strong. Because there's, there seems to just be very few voices that will stand strong for Jesus. Psalms 58 verse 6. Oh God, shatter their teeth in their mouth. Break out the fangs of the young lions, oh Lord. See, I honestly believe that the Lord is roaming. The problem with this generation is we think God has bifocals. He sees one group like this and another group like that. Somehow God can divide those that he's staring at and saying, you're okay. That's your mantle. We almost think we can decide when and where God's choosing to tilt his head and God is saying, but I'm looking, I'm looking. It's what his word says. Look, look at Second Chronicles 16, 9. God is always on the alert, constantly on the outlook for people who are totally committed to him. He says, I'm looking. And so I'm preaching about lions that weep again. What are you talking about? The lions have grown weak. The ones that he's called to stand on the stages, the ones that he's called to, to manifest his presence to the nations. He, See, we're all called to protect the pride. We're all called to stand firm. In Psalms 34, verse 10, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord, they lack no good thing. I am so tired of seeing leaders with no passion and no fire anymore. So we've grown tired and weak, but he says, if you'll seek me. And he just kept saying to me, weeping lions, roaring lambs. What do you mean? Because the lion is surrounded by worshipers. Write that down. See, see, he began to speak. This Revelation chapter 5, verse 4 through 5. It says, I wept and wept. That no one was found able to open the scrolls, able to read it. And one of the elders said, don't weep. Look, the lion from the tribe of Judah. The root of David's tree. He has conquered. He can open the scroll and can rip through the seven seals. Turn that down. So God began to speak these things to me and began to burn this. The scroll is the title deed to the earth, which, which Jesus snatched back from the devil. It's the deed and God the Father. God the Father is holding it. And the seven seals means completeness and who is worthy. And the worthy one is, is, is Jesus. And, and it says, but John wept. But the only one that can open the seal is the lion of the tribe of Judah because he has conquered in his mission. Are you still with me so far? 
That's why Revelation chapter 5 verse 12 says, worthy is the lamb. So, Pat, what are you, what are you talking about? What is the significance of, of calling Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah? I began to study it. Of course, Judah was the son of, of Jacob, and, and he's the fourth son. And four meaning uh, a creation or universal truth, and that's what the number four means. And I began to study it. So why didn't Jesus descend from the firstborn, which was Reuben? Well, Reuben, he committed incest with his father's wife. And then there's the second and third sons uh, uh, that uh, Simeon and, and Levi. Levi, and they had the blood of the Shechemites on their hand for avenging their sister Dinah's rape. So the birthright fell on Judah, the fourth son. So I looked up Judah, and Judah, of course, means praise. I'm going somewhere. So he's known as the lion of the tribe of the praisers. So we know King David was also from the from Judah's bloodline, which is why Jesus is called the root of David, about whom it is prophesied the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. First Kings chapter 2, verse 45. But the prophecy of the never-ending kingdom of Jesus was given by Jacob on his deathbed. It's Genesis chapter 4. This is the or chapter 49. This is the first place where you begin to see Jesus because he's he's manifest right here. And this is why he is. Lion of the tribe of Judah, Lion of the tribe of worshipers. Follow me for a second. Judah is the cubs of the lion. It's the whelps of the lion. It's the babies of the lion. So we are the worshipers of the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Look what it says. Judah, your brother will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub, Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness who dares to rouse him. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until he uh, uh, until he to whom it belongs shall come and the obedience of the nation shall be his. He will tether his donkey to a vine. This is all prophecy of Jesus. That's, that, it's, it's, all, it's all, all that Jesus would do right here. This is this is uh, the moment when the donkey would be tied. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. We're the branch. Romans 11 says we're grafted to him. Are you with me so far? So Palm Sunday, and then and then he ties himself to the branch, and you know it, it goes on to say he will wash his garments in wine, which is the blood of Jesus. His robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine. Revelation says he has a fire in his eyes, and his teeth whiter than milk. In other words, he he represents when he smiles, purity pours out of him. You still with me? So God began to speak to me, and I did not want to share this tonight, but he kept saying it to me. He said, you're supposed to share this tonight. Judah means praise. Judah is a lion's whelp, a lion's cub. Lions that weep represents the brokenness that must fall once again on the worshipers. Are you getting this so far? I love what a great leader said. Men throw away broken things, but God can only use you if you're broken. God says, I'm looking for the ones that have been running around this nation and acting like they got some new revelation, running around preaching about this and that. We don't need altar calls anymore. And and, and all this new revelation, the lions standing amongst their pride, standing on their rocks, overlooking their kingdom. He said, I'm reminding you that you are the lions of the tribe of the worshipers. I'm looking for men that can fall on their face and wail again, that can crawl through their house weeping. I'm looking for people that can dance before me. He said, if you're of the lion of the tribe of Judah, meaning we are his cubs, we are his worshipers, we are to follow him. He says, I'm looking for lions that will weep again, that will lay on their face and hear the cries of hell. See, I have a real problem. When I go to bed at night, I can hear generations screaming. It's the reason why he called me back on the road. And John the Revelator was weeping 
And therefore the lion stepped up to open the seals. The lion of the tribe of Judah. One who receives worship. The lion that receives worship. And God began to speak to me. He said, number one, I'm looking for weeping lions. And number two, this is a simple word. He said, I'm looking for roaring lambs. What does that mean, Pat? Number one, the Lamb of God has come. We know that Jesus was both lion and lamb. And we know that the lamb always represented the acceptable offering. We know it was the lamb's skin that would cover man's nakedness. We know it was the lamb that would cleanse the people when he would be sacrificed for the people by the priest. We don't understand why Jesus is called the lamb. Let me explain why. Because the blood of the lamb is the only thing, the only blood that carries an antioxidant in it. If bitten by a serpent, you must allow the blood of the lamb because it can defeat the, the serpent's sting. There's an Oxidant inside. A doctor told me this in Houston. Inside of lamb's blood. That if bitten by a snake. That has no power over the lamb. You're not getting this yet. And if a lamb gets bit. It gets so angry. It starts stomping its paws. Its hoofs. On the serpent's head. Are you getting this so far? So God spoke to me. He said I'm looking for lions that weep. And lambs that roar. But we don't even know the power of the lamb. We don't understand how he'll cover your nakedness. We know that Jesus came wrapped in flesh. He was born in an inn. Which represented it would only be he would only be here a short time we know in second corinthians chapter eight it says for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich Begin to study the lambs this week and up to 20 percent of newborn lambs die soon after birth unless they're given improved conditions some starve if rejected by their mother Many farmers will have special areas for ewes to, to, to give birth so that they can keep the lambs warm and fed. Begin to study sheep because we're called lambs, we're called sheep. Sheep have a flight zone, which is the space they like to keep between themselves and others. <laughs> Welcome to churches. Sheep don't like to walk through water or narrow passage. They would prefer to move into the wind and uphill than down and to see shepherds must find the lamb. What do you mean, Pat? Who did the angels speak to? It's Christmas time. See, what's so cool is when you see God raise up great deliverers, both times he raised up two deliverers, Moses and David, they were shepherding. So all of a sudden, the Bible says that the angels of the Lord appeared to the shepherds the night that Jesus was born. Can you see him? Not only can you see him, these would become the first evangelist. The angels of the Lord of the Lord appeared to him and said, Hey, wake up. In the city of David, there's a lamb who's also a lion. In the city of David. Can you see him weeping? 
Can you see them as they ran to the mangers? They got to the manger. Here, these lowly shepherds were the first evangelists, the first ones that God would raise up. God always chooses the shepherds. Shepherds must find him again. It's Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy for all of the people today in the town of David. A Savior was born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. Can you imagine as they approach the manger? I love this. God chooses simple things to confound the wise. He chose the watchers of the lambs. These shepherds were going to find the head shepherd. It's 1 Peter 2.25. It says, For you were like sheep gone astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd. Overseer in your souls. Mom and dads, are you watching the lambs? Are we getting back to the place where we can find the lambs again? Because God says, shepherds, go out and find the lamb. The problem in the body of Christ is we quit chasing after the lamb. Can you see a man? They could hear the the animals. They could see the excitement. But there under that wooden roof laid not only a lamb, but a lion. All was done. Disciples must declare the lamb. It would be John the Baptist. You know, John, what he represents, he was he was the Elijah. Jesus is the Elisha. Elijah means judgment. Elisha means salvation. Remember what happened? John the Baptist, the Bible says in John chapter 1, it says he's standing there and all of a sudden as Jesus came before, forward, he said, behold the Lamb of God. The very next day he would be walking with the disciples and two of his disciples and, and, and all of a sudden it happened the very next moment in John chapter 1 in verse 35, it says that they're walking along and he said it again, behold the Lamb. And at the moment he began to do that, he began to decrease because two of his disciples turned around and left him and followed Jesus. So the shepherds must declare him. We must begin to cry out. The disciples must declare him. And the lamb must be led to the slaughter. Are you with me so far? So when he kept saying to me, I'm like, Lord, why are you telling me that goofy statement? I'm looking for weeping lions and roaring lambs. He said, son, I'm looking for those that have been strong and stood with their paw on the pride on the rock that have overlooked the land to fall on their face again and cry out. And I'm looking for those that have been in the corners hiding, scared to death, to rise up with a holy roar. I'm looking for the worshipers to rise. I'm looking for those that begin to understand who they are oh oh it's so simple and i'm about done right here but what he spoke to me over this house was he said son i've chosen this place because this is the place where lions can show up on the weekend and weep it's what isaiah wrote 2,000 years before jesus isaiah 53 verse 7 he prophesied jesus he said it he said he was oppressed and afflicted Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before his shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. And what we don't understand is every great lamb, they were created for one thing, to be led to the slaughter. We know that the Passover lamb was to be observed on the the, the 10th day until the 14th day of Abib. That's like the 13th month in the Jewish calendar. And he said, he said, take the lamb and Exodus 12, three, tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of the month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. We know that Jesus Christ was the Passover lamb. He became that our the priest sacrifice. We know that Jesus Christ was the one that was led to the slaughter. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, he who knew no sin was taken 
sin as if he was sin. That's why it says in Matthew chapter 25 that he was like a lamb being led to the slaughter. He was fulfilling the prophecy of Isaiah when he went and they took him and they, then the governors and the soldiers took Jesus in the uh, praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They stripped him. They sheared him. They took his, his clothing off of him. They began to disrobe him and then they twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. They knelt in front of him. They mocked him. Hail king of the Jews. And they said they spit on him. They took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to be crucified. What are you trying to say to me, Pat? Why are you trying to burn this message into our heart? Because God began to speak. I am tired of lions that cannot weep and lambs that do not roar. You're still not getting this. In Matthew 27, it's verse 25. All the people answered, let the blood be on us and on our children. Do you understand that the lamb roared? Do you understand the lamb roared? What do you mean? He roared in Matthew 25 from noon until three in the afternoon. Darkness came over the land. And about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. At that exact moment, the land was in such agonizing pain. He said, Dad, where'd you go? And when Jesus cried out in a loud voice, his spirit left him. I love what Winston Churchill said. He said, I was not the lion, but it fell upon me to give the lamb's roar. So Jesus was the lamb that roared. The lion and the lamb. He was the lion of the tribe of Judah. But he was the lamb led to the slaughter. It's actually the lamb that sits upon the throne. Are you getting this so far? And the next level of the ramp is this. Oh, I didn't want to preach this tonight. And yet the Lord said to me, the next level for this house. And what will separate this movement from other movements that's happening around the nation. I speak at all of them. Is the brokenness that will pour out of this house. The ones that have the power to roar will instead weep. The ones that have the power to weep will instead roar. Are you getting this? Do you know that Jesus died as our lamb and rose as our lion? Let me set the scene. Jesus had just died on the cross. He was the lamb led to the slaughter. The disciples were scattered. The sheep were scattered. We know that Simon Peter, who became the lion of the New Testament church, he and Mark were known as the lions of the New Testament church. And, in, and we know that, that he denied Jesus. Look what it says in Mark 14, verse 72. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you'll disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. Do you know that Peter would become the lion of the church? He would become the first Pope Catholics. He would become the one that would stand up and preach. But there was a moment where the lion had to weep. There's a moment where the lion had to be broken. Then three days passed. And in John chapter 21, Jesus has died and now he is risen. And if you go back to Luke chapter 5, when Jesus calls the disciples, they're out in the boat. They hadn't caught anything all night. And then he says, try the other side. And they stayed with the catch. But something changed this time. Because in John chapter 21, Peter has now gone fishing 
because we always go back to what is comfortable in our weakest moment. And he's out there fishing and he's fishing away. And the morning daybreak, it comes up. There Jesus is. He's probably been standing there all night, but most of the time we don't see him till we get awake. And he's standing there on the shore and he's standing early in the morning. Jesus stood on the shore, but all the disciples, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. And he called out to them, friends, have you caught any fish yet? Look at the next verse. Verse 7, the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon heard it, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and he dove into the water. He swims up to the shore, and there's Jesus, resurrected, and I'm closing. And all of a sudden, in verse 15, after breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, listen to me closely. All of a sudden, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, Sometimes when God wants to get your attention, he calls you by your old name. Fallen one, broken reed. Son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, master, you know I love you, Jesus said. He said, feed my lambs. He then asked a second time, Simon. Son of John, do you love me? Yes, master, you, you know I love you. Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. And what the whole thing that God was trying to get across to me. Do you know that when a lamb is the hungriest, it bleeds the loudest? And what God was trying to say to me is, I need lions that will lay on their face and they'll begin to hear the cries of the lambs out there saying, somebody come feed me. Somebody come shepherd me. He was saying to Simon Peter, listen to me. It wasn't until you wept that now I can look at you and I can say to you, go feed them. When's the last time you heard the cries of the lost? I, I love a clip that I saw from Robin Hood, the movie. It's just a cool clip. Would you show that real quick and, and I'll wrap up. It's just a really, because, but you don't understand. He's the lion of the tribe of worshipers. We're his cubs. But when's the last time you heard the roaring of the Your lions? father was a philosopher. He had a way of speaking that took you by the Your, Your father was a philosopher. He had a way of Your, Your father was a philosopher. He had a way of speaking that took you by the ears and by the heart. None of these things can be written down, Robin. You must commit them to your very soul. This is the science of memory. Rise and rise again until lambs become lions. <laughs> Finally, hundreds, listen, thousands, who took up his call for the rights of all ranks from baron to son. Rise and rise again until lambs become lions. See, we know that the day is coming when the lamb will lie down with the lion. We know that God is saying, I'm looking for people that will weep again. I'm looking for those that will roar that have never roared. I'm looking for those that will rise up with a holy fire. The lion and the lamb awaits the bride. But what God begins to be, stand with me. 
But God began to speak to me. Do you really know? Come on, worship team. Do you really know the voice of the shepherd? Lions, can you hear the cries of the lambs? So I, I began to study this because I said, Lord, I just, I just want so badly to get back to the place where I can weep again. Where it's not about standing on stages. It's not about bragging where you've been. It's not even about, it's not about any of that garbage anymore. He says, I'm looking for the lions that will weep, Pat. I'm looking for people that can wail. I'm looking for the ones that can cry out. Shepherds, let me remind you who he is. Begin to look up the names of Jesus in the Bible. His name is Adam. Bring those names up for me. Do you know the shepherd? When's the last time you wept? When's the last time you could hear the screams of the lost, the lambs bleeding, saying, somebody rescue me? Peter, if you love me, feed the lambs. It's not about your new sermon. It's not about, it's not about the new drama. It's not about the new worship song. It's Peter, if you love me, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. His name is Adam. Would you read these with me? Let's just read the names of God in the Bible just real quick. It's just going to get kind of cool here in a second because it's going to get intense in the morning. You get ready. His name is Adam. Help me. He's the advocate. He's the almighty. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the amen. He's the angel. I wish you'd start getting excited. He's the angel of his presence. He's the anointed. He's the apostle. He's the arm of the Lord. He's the author and the finish of our faith. He's the beginning and the end of creation of God. Help me read this, would you? Read it out loud. He's beloved. I need to warn you when we've done this, people have actually gotten healed while reading his name. So just help me do this blessed and and only potentate he's the branch he's the bread of life he's the bridegroom are you reading this with me would you help me read it out loud because i just love this right here he's the beginning and the end of creation beloved blessed and only potentate the branch bread of life bridegroom bright morning star he's the brightness of the father's glory these are just the names maybe you lions in this room need to know who the shepherd is maybe you need to know the one that roars over this house tonight maybe you need to know the one because he's the lion of the tribe of judah we are called to worship the lion we are called to be beside him he says i'm looking for shepherds that'll hear the cries of the lambs he's the bread of life the bright help me do this the bright morning star the brightness of the father's glory the captain of the lord's host the captain of salvation he's the carpenter the carpenter's son the chief shepherd the chief cornerstone the chiefest among ten thousand he's the child he's the chosen of god he's christ christ the messiah help me now he's christ the king christ jesus christ jesus our lord christ of god christ the chosen of god christ the lord christ the power of god christ the wisdom of god christ the son of god christ the son of the blessed commander consolation of Israel, cornerstone, counselor, covenant of the people. Help me, church. He's the David, he's the daysman, the day spring, the day star, the deliverer, the desire of all nations, the door, the elect, the Emmanuel, the ensign, the eternal life, the everlasting father, faithful and true, uh, faithful witness, the faithful and true witness, the finisher of faith. Are you getting this? Help me out a little bit. He's the image of God. He's Israel, Jehovah. 
Jehovah's fellow, Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, our Lord, Jesus Christ, our Savior, Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, listen, Jesus, King of the Jews, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the Son of Joseph. He's judge. These are all his names in the Bible. He's just man, just person, just one king, King of Israel, King of the Jews, King of saints, King of kings, King of glory, King of Zion, King over all the earth. He's the Lamb. He's the Lamb of God. He's the lawgiver, the leader, the life, the light, the light, the everlasting light of the world, light to the Gentiles, light, true living bread, the living stone. Oh, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord, the Lord of lords, Lord of all, Lord of our righteousness, Lord God Almighty, Lord from heaven, Lord and say, I'm just giving you his names in the Bible because I'm looking for lambs that will roar. I'm looking for lions that will weep, that understand our place. He's Lord from heaven, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Lord Christ, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord of glory, Lord of hosts, Lord of mighty in battle, Lord of the dead and living, Lord of the Sabbath, Lord over all, Lord Christ, Lord strong and mighty, Lord our righteousness, Lord your Holy One, Lord your Redeemer, are you helping me? Man Christ Jesus, man of sorrows, master, mediator, the only messenger of the covenant, the Messiah, the Messiah Prince, the mighty God, mighty one of Israel, mighty one of Jacob, mighty to save, minister of the sanctuary, morning star, most holy, most mighty, Nazarene, offspring of David, only begotten son. I'm just giving you his names. Do you know how big he is? Do you know how mighty he is? Do you know how powerful he is? He's the only begotten son, only wise God, our Savior, overseer, Passover, plan of the renowned potentate, power of God, physician, precious cornerstone, priest, Prince, Prince of life, Prince of peace, Prince of the King of the earth, prophet, propitiation. That means he is our, our sin offering. The rabbi, the rabboni, the ransom, the redeemer, the resurrection and the life, the redemption, the righteous branch, the righteous judge, the righteous servant, the righteousness, rock, rock of offense, root of David, root of Jesse, rose of Sharon, ruler in Israel, salvation, sanctification. Are you getting this yet? because he's looking for the shepherds that can recognize him. He's looking for the ones that used to roar, that know how to weep. He's looking for us to begin to hear the cries of the lamb saying, somebody come and shepherd me. Do you want to know the next movement of this house? It is going to be to go into cities and see the lost come to him. It is not just about worship. It's not just about praise, although that is so awesome. It is about the awakening of the lost. When you pull into cities, when you go to Georgia, there's going to be a stirring in the atmosphere where the lost are going to begin to come in saying, what's going on here? We feel something. It's the lambs roaring. He's the rose of Sharon, ruler in Israel, salvation, sanctification, sanctuary, savior, Jesus Christ, savior of the world, the body, the church, savior of the world, scepter, second man, seed of David, seed of the woman, servant, servant of rulers, shepherd, Shepherd and overseer of our souls, chief shepherd, good shepherd, great shepherd, shepherd of Israel, Shiloh. He's the son of the father, son of God. He's son of man, son of the blessed one, son of the highest one, son of David, star, son of righteousness. He's my guarantee, my stone, the stone of stumbling, the sure foundation, the teacher, the true God, the true vine, truth, unspeakable gift very Christ. He's the vine, the way, that which is, which was, which is to come. The eternal one. I am that I am. Wisdom, wisdom of God, the witness, wonderful word, word of God, word of life. His name is Jesus. Lift your hands and cry out to God across this room. Come on, cry out.
you preach this tonight, Pat. Because he says, I'm looking for those that will get off their pride. looking for those that will hear the cry of the lambs that are bleeding. Peter, you love me. You've already been through your three days of brokenness, Peter. Feed the lambs. Because the lamb bleeds the loudest when it's hungry. Weeping lions can always hear roaring lambs. So all over this house, lift your hands and say, God, break me. Let me hear the cries of the lost again. No more pride. No more lying in the jungle sleeping at night. Why? How in the world can we roar when we haven't devoured the prey? It's Amos. He's saying, I love your worship. I was standing down here during worship and I thought this has got to be just a little taste of heaven. But he's saying it's about the lost. It's the screams. It's the man that walked up to me at the gas station on the way to here and he said, sir, I don't have any money for food. I built Karen's car up, built my car up and he said, sir, I, I don't have any money for food or gas. And I said, well, here, I just... He said, oh, no, I don't, I don't need that much. And I said, he'll give it to you if he can get it through you. I said, I want to bless you. And I took him by the hand and began to pray over him in the middle of a gas station. It was a few moments right before I came here. I said, God says he's not done with you. The guy just starts weeping. And this is what I've asked God over the last few weeks. That I'll begin to hear the cries of the lambs again. The bleeding of the lambs. So hold on just a second, team. screams of the lost but before we can do that every eye is shut across this room some of you have been raised up as lions but God's saying I need you to weep again I need you to cry out to me I need you to quit protecting your pride he said, because I can't use you unless you're broken before me. So with every eye shut across this room, there are people that have let things come in. And you don't think he can see it. God says you don't understand. You will never be a warring lion until you hear the bleeding of the lambs. So tonight we weep. And there's people in this room that he's been waiting to raise up. But he hasn't heard you weep in a long time. So with every eye shut across this room, 
if number one if you say pat i have sin in my life i have things in my life that jesus died as the lamb he died as the sacrificial lamb he died as the lamb and rose as the lion he's the one that has the power to open the seals he's the one that i'm called to worship he's the one i'm called to praise i want to be a part of the lion of the tribe of judah i want to be a part of his tribe i want to be his cub i want to be the one that can worship and cry out but the first thing i've got to do is i've got to accept the lamb's blood that was applied for me on the cross and with every eye shut across this room if you say pat i have things in my life and i need jesus to apply the blood to it raise your hand now come on Now raise the other hand beside it. Put yourself on the cross for a moment. Let's crucify some flesh. Pray this out loud. Say, God. Come on, pray with boldness. God, I'm desperate to get free. While I've been protecting my pride, I forgot to weep. I forgot to cry out. Cleanse me. Change me. Remove the sin in my life. Now, how many of you are ready to hear the roar of the lion? You ready? Over your life, he's about to begin to roar over you. The lion of the tribe of Judah. But before that can happen, you must hear the bleeding of the lambs. You must hear the ones that are hungry. So everyone in the house, raise one hand and say, I will. Now raise the other hand and say, surrender. Here's the second part we're going to do. Here's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He's about to drop inside of you the scream, the roar of the lambs. Pray this out loud. Hold on, team. No no music. We prayed this on Tuesday. We're going to pray it again. Jesus, if I'm crucified with you, if I fellowship in your sufferings, if I'm to bear one another's burdens, Then tonight, I weep. And tonight, let the lambs roar. Jesus, let me hear the cries of the lost that I'm called to. The hunger of the lambs. The bleeding of the sheep. I will be a lion that weeps. Jesus, let me feel What all my friends, family, loved ones, classmates, all that are not saved. Let me feel their lostness right now. Weep. Here it comes. Come on, lions, you got to weep. If you're ready for brokenness to consume you, and for God to begin to awaken you with a new anointing for the lost. 
where suddenly there's such a freedom inside of you to weep and to wail and cry out. I wept half the way here tonight. My son sent me a text. My son, sent, Nate, sent this to me. He said, Dad, I got to tell you. I got to tell you what the Lord spoke to me this morning. And, and I said, Nate, send it, send it to me. I, I, he told it to me. I said, he, he said, he said, boldness without reliance on God is nothing but arrogance. But true boldness is birthed from humility because you realize that God is the cause of all the greatness. And without him, you're really nothing. That's what my son texts me on the way here. Oh, that we would hear the cries of the lambs. The bleeding of the sheep. And so God is saying tonight, go ahead, team. I'm ready for lambs to weep in this place. He's ready to fill you with a new spirit of courage and authority. He's ready for a mantle. Most different message he's ever given me to preach. But in this room are the ones that will shake the nations. In this room are the ones that will change the world. But you can't do it unless you weep like the lion did. And hear the roar of the lambs. Come get on your face. It's not about songs. Come close, come close, come close. Come fall on your face across this room and say, God, restore my burden to hear the cries of the lambs. Let me be a lion that weeps. Let me rise up with a holy fire because I belong to the lion of the tribe of Judah. The lion of the tribe of Judah knew how to weep over cities and weep over his friend that died. Jesus knew how to walk into cities and stand on the edge of the hill and weep over them because they were harassed by demonic powers. And God is saying, I'm looking for a people that will rise up and weep. I'm looking for a people that will hear the cries of the lost. Say it out loud. Say, Jesus! Let me hear the cries of the lambs. I'm sorry, 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 I'